Hey, welcome back everyone to the Reflex Blue Show. I'm your host Donovan Beery, recording out of the 1119 Corporate Headquarters studio here in Omaha, Nebraska. And I have with me Danny Donovan. Danny, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? But you're like you're like the, the first Donovan I think I've had on the show other than myself, but it's it's a last name, not a first name. Uh, definitely. So. Donovans are the best. <laughs> yeah, I would I would I would agree. For for people who are out on the, you know, interwebs and they're surfing along and they wanna they wanna follow you, is it just D-A-N-I Donovan? Mm-hmm. D-O-N-O-V-A-N. I don't know if people misspell your first name all the time, but I get D-O-N-A-V-O-N. I've met one of those. Oh, really? One time. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, you do exist. They exist. <laughs> and and is it do you have do you have the dot com? Yes. Is it okay, so it's Danny D-A-N-I Donovan.com. Yep. And um, then and then you're also on the Twitters. The Twitters thing. and Instagrams and like Danny Donovan is my social media for everything. I I apologize to all the other Danny Donovans of the world that I took all the handles before they could. Are there that many? There's a lot. The only one I didn't get is Pinterest. It's Danny Dono because apparently, like, I just refused to make an account for so long. And then by the time I finally did, I'm like, they got me. All the other Danny Donovans got together and they're like, there's one left. Yes. We have to take it. Is that why people are on Pinterest is so that they can get their name if they lost it on everything (laughs) else? Probably. Probably. I think they're just like, she even took the URL, man. I don't even... Yeah, one of them's like a model. If you type in Danny Donovan it, on like Google Images, it's really weird if you you know have a, a unique enough name or a good enough SEO to where you actually show up on Google Images. Yeah. But whoever the model is, I'm sure that she's angry that there's just a bunch of random design pieces floating around. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, mean, I mean, my name is Donovan Beery, B-E-E-R-Y. There mm-hmm. aren't... I don't know if there's any others. You haven't and- Googled yourself? No, no. Well, I mean, oh. I don't see. I, if, I, if you yeah. Google me and you go images, it's it's like all my stuff. Yeah. Until and then it starts hitting like other Donovans or other theories, mm-hmm. but there's probably Danny Donovan stuff in there too. <laughs> maybe, maybe if you scroll down past the Wallace Beeries, that's that's mm-hmm. the famous Beery from history. Uh-huh. He was some. Uh, I think he won an Oscar in motion pictures before they had sound or something. Distant relative. I believe so, but it's so distant, <laughs> like. Like, um, you know, when, when, I, mm-hmm. when I was growing up, people that were older than me knew who he was. And now, I mean, he, he was a silent movie star. Yeah. In, I, in, the, in, the, in the non-talkies or whatever. Yeah. I don't think I've ever watched a non-talkie. I don't. Besides, like, seen... The Artist, which is not an old movie. <laughs> no. And he might have done some talkies or whatever mm-hmm. they call them. I don't know what, what, what the hip thing is now. But, <laughs> but it doesn't really count at this point. Yeah. So... You're, 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 let's go back to the social, the social medias. Mm-hmm. Your social media is just blown up, blown <laughs> up. So what was it? The, probably December? Yeah. You posted, you posted a, uh, a graphic image that you made just mm-hmm. for fun, I assume. And it just went, it went crazy. Yes. So I made this storytelling flow chart. Um, I had just started at Gallup a couple months before and my coworkers are, you know, amazing. They're, we're, there's a lot 95% women, all pretty young and so, and all pretty open. And, you know, we'd been talking about stuff, therapy and stuff pretty openly, and that's not cool for a lot of people to kind of talk about. But I got to the point where I had shared with them that I had ADHD, which I have never talked about in the open before, really, especially with people I didn't know that well. And since they knew it, then we were able to kind of talk about and notice and joke about like how I told stories. And so it was this kind of inside joke that I have a train conductor in my head named Donnie Danovan, 
and he's a very sleepy train conductor. He doesn't do his job very well. Okay. And my okay. train of thought just gets derailed so fast as it kind of is now. But that whole inside joke turned into me making this flow chart, which I almost didn't post online because I, again, had not I don't come out, but like I hadn't talked to people about it. And so I posted it on Twitter because I'm like, no one from work follows me on Twitter. No one, none of my family follows me on Twitter. This feels like a safe space to, if I'm going to post it somewhere, I'm going to post it. And it blew up very quickly. It got on Facebook. Not, I didn't post it, but that one got to about 25 million. One of the posts, there were a lot of them, got to 25 million in like a week. Views or views, shares? Views, or... yeah. And so... That, that's um, a big number. Yeah, that's a lot of people. I mean, we're and designers. We like to see our work out there, but but we don't see our work just go out there like out that. There. Yeah. Uh, I'm still kicking myself about not putting a watermark on it, like, even today. And it keeps going through these kind of phases where someone will, like... So it was kind of specifically says ADHD storytelling and non-ADHD storytelling. And now people have photoshopped that out and put in how I tell stories. I thought about kind of, I would say, watering it down, but I thought about making it more generic so that, you know, maybe it would resonate with a larger audience. But it's one where I, like, hadn't ever really seen one called out like that specifically. And I really wanted to kind of bring a voice to that. So uh, anyway, now I'm very open about it, and I made a lot more graphics because... It's not really a secret anymore. It's not really how I planned <laughs> on people all finding out, but my family all knows now. Just you and your 25 million closest friends. <laughs> oh, definitely. So uh, at this point, I'm kind of like, screw it. Now I can kind of, especially seeing the response and reading, you know, all these stories of people, you know, all these messages of people who just now feel like they are understood. People who they are like, I get my husband now. Like, my husband has been trying, like, couldn't find a way to describe it to where I, it didn't feel like excuses. And so, you know, I've got parents who understand their kids. They got, it's just really interesting to see how many different scenarios there are beyond just people who have ADHD who relate to it, I guess. Well, that's fantastic because the, you know, part of, part of design is, is there's a communication aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And you want to kind of explain how things work to people. So I think, I think part of it is, since you made it specific and you didn't water that part down, mm-hmm. then when people see it and if they can relate and it helps them, mm-hmm. that's that's like a designer dream. Yes. Like that for what you want your stuff to do. I have actually, so a lot of people are like, does this mean I have ADHD? And I'm like, <laughs> no, it doesn't. If you read through the rest of these comics and you feel like every single one of them sounds exactly like you, you might want to go talk to a doctor if that's something that you are interested in. I cannot diagnose anyone. I am not a doctor. Like, very, very clear, you know. But I've had, like, six or seven people message me on Twitter and tell me that they went and talked to a doctor and they have it. And now they're getting treatment and it's just been this, like, life-changing experience. And, you know, some people, especially older people, there's a lot of people in their late 30s, early 40s who are like, I have struggled my entire life feeling like I'm this disappointment that's never going to live up to my potential and I'm just lazy and why can't why is this so hard for me and to feel like you can like again with design making the invisible visible and kind of like putting a light on it in a way that you can't express verbally is something that really interests me a lot so a lot of them are flow charts and bar graphs and I just never really thought that I always loved, like, cartoons growing up. 
being a cartoonist for the Sunday Funnies was like my first job that I wanted when I was a kid. And so to be able to combine cartooning and illustration with mental health, which I'm a real, you know, I have a real interest in talking about. It's just sort of a real dream, I would say dream project, but I didn't really think it would turn into something like this. I don't, I mean, even if you thought it was, you wouldn't really believe it. <laughs> no. Like, you're like, maybe this will, maybe this will get shared, maybe it'll go viral a little bit. But there's, yeah. there's going viral and there's, you, you said like, it's, it's two months later and all of a sudden it's back on the top it's of Reddit or something. It's on the front page of Reddit today. And I had another person who reached out to, well, thankfully, Josh says I have minions. <laughs> because so many people did actually see the original post, I have friends and a ton of strangers who... When they see that first post that doesn't have a watermark, they, like, call me out. And they're like, this is made by Danny Donovan. Here's her Twitter. There's a bunch of other ones. And so, you know, even, like, strangers, people I don't know, if they see it posted somewhere, you know, they kind of let me know. Which is awesome on the one hand because it's cool to see that it's getting shared a lot. On the other hand, it is so depressing that so many posts that aren't my posts have, like, exponentially more views than mine. Which wasn't really the point. The point is that, you know, everybody connects to it, but you see those numbers and it just, it's a little. (laughs) Outside of the very first one, Mm -hmm. all all the, all the subsequent Mm -hmm. posts you've done have, have watermarks on them. Yes. Yes, they do. And an actual copyright that I filed with the copyright office. Yeah. I had, I got reached out to by Steve Piat, who is an author, publisher, editor, and he, like, guided me. He's like, you need to copyright this. Like, you technically have copyright over all of this. But if you, if someone started selling prints of this and you wanted to take them to court, like, it really strengthens your case that you paid the $50 to say all of my ADHD comics are copyrighted under my name and I can actually put the copyright at the bottom, which felt kind of weird at first because, for me, watermarking stuff made it, oh... I don't know, arrogance, but, oh, people are going to steal my stuff. I don't want people to steal my stuff. Like, it was just a weird personal, internal, I don't know, guilt thing. But now after seeing what happened to the first one, I'm like, I am not making that mistake again. So. <laughs> well, it's fantastic. Well, I will say that that I saw it, I think I think the day after you posted, I saw it on Twitter, and that's when I found mm-hmm. out you said that it had blown up, like, within, mm-hmm. within a day. Mm-hmm. And I want to say within, it might have been that same night, might have been the next day, I... On my Facebook feed, all of a sudden, like, mm-hmm. two people that I'm friends with in completely different states mm-hmm. shared it. And they're like, this, you know, this explains so much. And so I, and I did that. <laughs> hey, this is Danny Donovan. Danny Donovan, yeah. She's actually <laughs> a designer here in Nebraska. Yeah. That's what my mom, you know, everybody's like, I've seen this four times on my feed. Oh, my God. What's happening? So they, you know, were kind of calling that out. But it's interesting. Um, oh, wow. I just forgot my train of thought again. But seeing the different kind of small niche groups to where they're being shared, because I, again, like I said, with the watering down thing of, oh, people are making it more generic, people are also changing it and making it more specific. I've seen it shared where people went over the ADHD kind of titles and put, you know, deaf stories. Like the deaf community has used this a lot. I've seen like three different ones that people have translated things, people have changed, you know, added boxes I've had three people reach out who wanted to translate it to different languages. You know, some a lot of psychologists who are like, can I get a high res of this so I can show patients, you know, or show 
I'm a school, a child psychologist, you know, they want this for like teachers and stuff. So to be able to make an impact with those kind of things and my mom, again, showing her therapist, my daughter made this thing and her therapist literally said, oh my God, someone sent this to me earlier today. <laughs> you know? So uh, it's been pretty crazy. Well, that's fantastic. We're going to be right back with uh, Danny Donovan. So, so you've got, I mean, you've, you've, you've done the original storytelling for ADHD, mm-hmm. which, which, which went crazy and you've got other graphics as well. Well, if people want to follow these, do you recommend them following you on Twitter? Do you recommend them go to the website? What's, what's the best way for someone to check these out? Uh, so the first place I post them is on my Patreon page, which again, the username is Danny Donovan. That's one of the like perks of being on the tiers that I post there first. And then after that, it goes on my Twitter. I keep them all on one thread, so it's pinned to the top of my Twitter page. Uh, and when you scroll down, you can see all of them. I worried that this might annoy people because every time I add a reply, it shows the first tweet first. And they're like, okay, we get it. I've seen this a thousand times. Like, But the thing that's nice is since it keeps everything in one spot, people who are just seeing like a later one... They click show this thread and it's got all of them in one spot. And so I get a lot of people who are like, this entire thread, you know, is me. Yeah, Twitter's probably the next best place. I post quite a few of them on my Instagram. I'm not on Facebook, which I've been told I need to get over my dislike of Facebook because that's where all the people who share things are. But it's kind of... Yeah, yeah there's something about you have to go sometimes where the audience is. Mm-hmm. Regardless. I know, yeah. I've got uh, a small following on, like, Reddit now, too, because there are specifically ADHD, you know, subreddits. And so to be able to handpick, like, the people who subscribe to this are people who will hopefully, like, relate to this versus, like, I'm just going to put this out into the Twitterverse and hopefully someone who sees this has ADHD or, you know, has it resonate, so... Not knowing how to do the whole, like, social media marketing. Because there is a lot of strategy and certain things are just the timing. Yeah, it should be noted that you mentioned before, you have a, a full-time corporate job. Yes. So <laughs> And it, freelance. <laughs> and, and some freelance work. And so this this just kind of happened two months ago. And so you weren't planning on this. But but obviously you, you've realized that there's... The, that this has been well-received. Mm-hmm. And, and, there's a, and there's a larger audience than you would have expected or mm-hmm. at the time. Are you making plans out to the future of what this could become? Or is there, is there other things that people should kind of pay attention to? Yeah, so uh, we recently hit a specific goal I had on Patreon. And, and what, no, I, I'm not on Patreon. Oh, okay. What's Patreon, though? Uh, Patreon is a website where you can donate to creators. And so mine says Danny Donovan is making mental health comics. So I've got, you've got kind of different little tiers. So there's like a coffee run, which is like $3 a month or something. And it's like, you get to see all the comics first, you know, you get access to my process sketches, you know, you can, it's part of like a little community. And then like the deeper the tiers, there are more like perks, I guess. But when I have like a goal, like I think it was $300 a month goal. I'm like, when I hit this, I will like for real make an online shop with where you can get posters or, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's, to start out with, going to be exclusive to patrons because I am have never had an online shop and I'm a little worried about getting overwhelmed trying to <laughs> f- work full-time freelance, draw these comics, and fill orders. So that shop 
it's going to be pretty cool, I think, because I do get reached out to a lot about merchandise. And then kind of after that, I have had actually my two favorite like ADHD women, I'll say celebrities, but one of them has this really popular YouTube channel called How to ADHD. She's got like 250,000 subscribers. I love her stuff. She's like texting me and wants to collab on something. And then I've got this other girl, you know, Erin Brooke, who is a writer and she's also really popular. And she and I are also texting about our collaboration. So to kind of be able to have my idols be people who are re not just me reaching out saying, hey, do you want to do something together? But to have them see my stuff enough and then reach out to me was just this crazy thing. So I don't know for sure. We've had some ideas bouncing around. I, but having stuff where, especially women are kind of underdiagnosed because we don't always present with the hyperactivity. So to have a voice and collaborate with, you know, women with ADHD in particular is something that I didn't really think that I would be so passionate about, but it's, I think, really important. Yeah, I've been hit up about doing a book. So there's just a lot of things. It's hard for me to not chase too many cars. So for me right now, the thing I am hooking onto and trying to be proud of is the fact that I am sticking to making comics. I have like so many in the works. I've got a lot of sketches. I've got a lot of ideas. For me to stick to anything for a long period of time is this crazy thing, especially passion projects. And so. I, I think, you, I think <laughs> even one of the, the comic strips that yes. you had actually relates directly to the... Overly ambitious. Overly ambitious and then giving yes. up completely. Yes. So, so this is, is this, this probably even already gone further than you expected. It is. It is. And I was just telling my husband, I kind of can't believe how like sustainable it feels because it doesn't feel hard because these are things I want to talk about and because of the conversations and because part of it is the validation of okay I'm not the only person some of it so actually origin story wise this is kind of how this came to be beyond the joking with coworkers. so I had been recommended to see an art therapist we'd I didn't really know anything about art therapy before and I showed up and my first session just like flat out bawling. Like I thought the therapy was supposed to be this thing where, you know, you figure out what happened to me in my childhood that made me the way that I am. And then after, you know, years of therapy, I was like, well, maybe that's just a movie thing that probably doesn't exist. And then I went one time to art therapy and I was just like, wow, this is all of it. My friends called me annoying growing up and I am have kind of been this anxious wreck about that ever since. And so she had me draw out, I say draw out my feelings, but interpret them in a way that really opened my eyes to how I was feeling. And then I switched insurances when I switched jobs and I did, she wasn't covered anymore. And then I flipped back when I got my new job and got married and I went to make an appointment because I was all excited to start up art therapy again. Yeah. And she had suddenly passed away with very aggressive cancer. Oh, and I didn't know. And it was like a month before. And so that was hard because I was, I mean, I was gone for like five months, I think. That was, you know, definitely a shock, especially because I had felt like I was actually making progress. And so I, I did think about seeking somebody else out, but then I just kind of started making stuff on my own to process my feelings again. And so, so my mom was like, you're just, literally doing art therapy and posting it on the internet. <laughs> so, you know, I like to think that a lot of it is kind of in 
Margaret's memory because I feel like she'd be really proud that, you know, making it, not just processing it for myself, but making it visible for other people who maybe aren't as artistically inclined. <laughs> well, there's an authenticity to it, too, and I think yeah. that comes across in, in, the, in, the, in the comics I've seen. You can tell that, that you know, you, you put a lot punches. into it, and, yeah. and it's directly from you. There's no... I've been told I tell the truth with painful specificity. <laughs> All right. Not just being like, I'm messy, but being like, the back of my car is a hoarder's nest, you know, to where other people aren't just like, oh, yeah, I know I'm messy. It's like, wow, I didn't think about the fact that the reason I haven't emptied my, like, I have my, I quit my job, uh, past job, uh, two years ago, year and a half ago, have not cleaned out my trunk. Oh, geez, okay. Yeah, like, it's just, because, like, why would I need to, you know, and it just, it's, Oh, I'll do that some other time. Oh, the weather's too bad. Oh, I don't live close to a dumpster. Like, all these kind of reasons. And so anything that doesn't become, like, a pressing need definitely kind of gets pushed off, unless it's fun. And so for this... Yeah, cleaning out trunk is not fun. No, no. And because it's full of, like, books, too. It's not just like, oh, I have trash. I can pull up to a gas station and just throw everything away. It's... I have to figure out what to do with these now. Mm. <laughs> so lots of paper sample books. I can probably throw those. But yeah, so it's just, it's been interesting. Every single time that I have an idea, which happens a lot, uh, I actually have a Google note on my phone, just one note, and I will just go and like type out a sentence or two about, you know, what I'm thinking. And it has gotten very large very quickly. <laughs> Turns out I have a lot of thoughts. And so then... The nice thing, so my husband has ADHD too. And so that's kind of how I figure out what is maybe a symptom or a thing that a lot of people can relate to versus stuff that's just me. Because not everything I do is related to this. Some things are literally just me, you know. But if there's stuff where I'm like, you know what, Josh and I both do this. I will show him things sometimes and say, like, does this make sense? Like, give him no context, not explain anything. Like, where actually the first one with the ADHD storytelling thing, it actually, like, didn't, like, there were overlapping lines. All of it was the same color. It had, like, roundabout things that, like, went back to other things. And Josh was like, this is too complicated. I I got stuck over here. Oh, yeah, okay. And he said, I got stuck over here. And I saw, oh, I could see how that, you know, would happen. So then I went back, I made all the different boxes and the arrow, I made each one a different color. And then I put, I like erased out and made little like notches in them so you could tell exactly, because there's one spot where it does go behind, but because there are like, like a shadow pretty much on it, you can tell, you can follow it still easily. So it's stuff like that where he's not a designer, but you know, and he doesn't always you know, know the design terms for things. But if he's like, this doesn't make sense. Or like the the door one, you said, I literally had just put pick a door or something. And he goes, I don't get it. And so if I show it to him and he doesn't instantly get it, it's one where I got to go back and figure out a way to make this better. You know, other people are in my head. Yeah, because so. you just have your target audience right Yes. There. I want to make sure that if it gets, because I always post it on Twitter with like a little 140 character description of my experience not saying like people with ADHD are like this I'm like I often experience you know making it really personal and not trying to say everybody's like this I always assume that like what happened on Facebook that this is going to get divorced from the content that I posted it with like someone's just going to save this and send it to their friend and they're not going to copy the thing so I want to make sure 
that every image works as a standalone thing, which I think is important in design too, where you want to make sure that the message is getting across and you don't have to explain it to someone like a joke. If you have to explain the joke, it's not funny anymore. I think that's, I think, I mean, that that's, that's, that's just good design. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we can kind of be blind to it too on what like other people will or won't be able to follow. And so just having, it's nice to have a, I'm going to say proofreader, but you know, someone who can give me that honest feedback. Cause you know, it's not going to hurt my feelings. He's like, right. it would hurt your feelings worse if I like candy coated this and then he posted it on the internet, internet and everyone was like, what? <laughs> so um, kind of exposing, you know, I would say that the thing that took me a second to get used to was, you know, you, you start off with this awesome, cool, successful thing and making sure that you don't feel like every successful or every thing you post after that that does not go viral is a failure. That was one of the things where I feel like I start out the gate strong and then really connecting with this community has been this unexpected turn, I say turn, because it's not just about getting, you know, likes or getting the recognition, being able to talk to people because most people aren't open about it. And other than Josh, I don't really have any ADHD friends like in Omaha that have told me that it's going on. And so really feeling lonely and isolated and unable to openly discuss the stuff that happens to you yeah it's just hard if you don't know anybody so the online peeps are <laughs> kind of fun because they're like I can talk to you about this because my mom's not on Twitter or whatever so I think it's it, thankfully I think it's becoming and, and part of it is because there's people such as yourself sharing things but but also I think because of time mm -hmm. it's become less like mm -hmm. like I, I, I talked to someone whose grandkid was diagnosed with ADHD mm -hmm. um, recently, and she just said, you know, my son, he, you know, the grandkid has it because her son has it. Mm -hmm. And she goes, we just didn't test back then. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure he has it. We mm -hmm. just didn't test. My dad got diagnosed in his 40s. It's, it's, they say that ADHD is more hereditary than height. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So Josh has it. His son totally has it. So he... It's one where uh, I think a lot of things didn't get diagnosed. So then you find, like with, you know, stuff like my dad even, you find that people do find ways to cope. Like there's no person with ADHD that doesn't have ways that they cope with it right. or overcompensate for it. Or a lot of it is perfectionism, which is I, I'm making right now what I'm posting are these different descriptions of like what I call the faces of ADHD. And one of them is obsessive perfectionist, which is probably my number one. And it's a form of procrastination because I want to spend and dedicate all of my time and all of my hyper focus on this one thing so that people will like it, people will like me, people won't be disappointed in me, and I don't have to spend time doing things I don't want to do. Okay. And so, like, kind of unraveling the fact that this thing that feels like a good thing, you know, oh, it means I work really hard, or oh, it means this, when in fact it means, like, I am incapable of prioritizing other things because it's not when people say like attention deficit it's attention dysregulation i have like too much attention on something not enough attention on something or i've completely lost track of time you know so just being able to be open about it like that and have people understand that like anxiety people get that it's like oh being stressed 
that's not your fault or, you know, depression. It's like, oh, chronically feeling, you know, sad or people think that is. But ADHD, a lot of people, there are a lot of people who don't think it's real. That was kind of what I was originally worried about with posting it was a lot of the comments were going to get all negative and people were going to try to say, well, everybody's like that. And I didn't want to have to fight anybody and I didn't want to have to see any of that. And that is why I don't read the Facebook comments for the other ones. <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's probably just a good general rule. And mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this before. Once on any thread, once you get to about comment eight, it's yeah. it just goes downhill so fast yeah well on twitter it's literally been 99 percent positive which is it's great. insane but i told josh i go if this gets big if this gets too big because the i mean it's exponentially you know been growing with every single you know time i post but i told him i'm like it's gonna get to a point where it's like the front page of reddit when it stays in the sub like subreddit it's great everybody's all positive it gets too popular it goes to the front page and all the trolls come out you oh. know that's <laughs> just how the internet works. The yeah. more eyes that get on it. For right now, it's been nice to kind of have it stay in the community because I just don't want anybody feeling like they're getting attacked because it is such a personal, you know, thing. And to have someone who's telling you you're just lazy or you're just making excuses, you know, we get that our whole life. So, well, well, we think it's great that that it's taken off, and it's fun. To, it's always fun to see a designer that has a passion. It's every it's every designer's dream, I think, or or most of ours, mm-hmm. that a passion project just takes off. Yeah, and and so we wish I I wish it continued success because it's it's just great to see something happen, and and it's also great to see that it resonated and, and when people share it. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it on my feed a couple of times, I was like, oh, we need to get her <laughs> on the show. She's in Omaha. I record all of these in person, so. People in Omaha are, are extra bonuses because yes. then, then, then they can hopefully stop by. So. That's definitely true. Well, the crazy, sorry, one last thing. The crazy thing with this is it's kind of opened up the doors to where I am now getting hit up to do branding for mental health stuff, which I love. I had done my mental health like clinic that I went to for my art therapist before, but I just fin- actually yesterday finished up a project for, it's called the Neurodiversity Conference uh, or the Neurodiversity Project. It's a conference in... San Francisco and uh, I just got to do you know the branding for it and in my experience being someone who feels this and knows what it feels like and has that kind of message as a designer it feels like I actually get it I get your target audience I know how this feels and maybe how we can do this because I feel like if you were on the outside looking in and you were someone who didn't know what that felt like it's difficult to interpret that, I guess, even from a branding and design standpoint, like not being a consumer of your own product, kind of like, I don't know if that makes sense, but. The, the, well, the other thing you have going with these is it makes sense that people have contacted you mm-hmm. because they're, they're, they're well-designed and they show a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. The more you'd read them, I could see, you know, it's just be a natural fit where people are like, I want to work with this person and look and their work is good. Yeah. Well, that feels... It feels nice. I'm trying not to, like, let it go to my head too much. That's... Because you still got to go to work. I do. I do. I have, I'm very, very, very self-con- like, self-conscious of people thinking I'm arrogant. I never, ever mean to. I just, when I get excited, I like talking about the things that are exciting me. And I want people to tell me about all the exciting things going on in their yeah. life. And not to feel like you're going to make me feel bad about myself by telling me the good things that are happening to you. Like, that's not what, you know, friends... 
I try to, again, keep it to a minimum. But with Josh, Josh gets to hear everything. But I still do feel like I have to filter. I get hit up by, I have to, like, turn projects down now, which has never been a thing in my life. But I was like, I want to keep this going. And in order to keep this going, I can't get overwhelmed doing X. And so it's, I guess I never thought I'd get to that point to where I could just, I don't say turn down. That sounds so. See, look at me going. <laughs> I I I find that even when you're not in the position to turn down projects and you have mm-hmm. to take everything, turning down projects is sometimes the best thing you can do. So it's such a good feeling. <laughs> but no, because sometimes people call or they actually it's all mm-hmm. email now. Really. Yeah. People people like have someone is just saying they Who's have this? an aversion <laughs> to the phone now. Yes. You know, not to their phone itself, because the phone does everything, but but to actually using it to, as a phone. Yeah, well, now it's all verbal and, calls. Yeah. <laughs> but but just saying, no, this isn't a good fit, or, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you feel... Your timeline's you know, too soon. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, every project promise I find, something yeah, I can't deliver. Every potential client has a red flag, but when they call and it's nothing but red flags, you're like, mm-hmm. you know, I should probably just say no. Yeah. Even, even though I need this work, I mm-hmm. don't... Doing that work will destroy you. I'm just, that's where I'm at now is trying to find that balance of being more honest with myself of what I can actually handle. I am a big past proponent of over committing okay. and overbooking myself. And, and again, with the ADHD, very, very much being terrible at estimating how long things will take. I think, oh yeah, that's going to take me four hours. And then it takes... An entire, literally an entire day. And so it's one where I can get myself into trouble thinking that I can, oh, this this project is going to be on this timeline. This project's going to be on this timeline. And you got to remember that clients don't get back to you quick enough and then everything shifts. And managing all of those on top of a full-time job can really be a lot. And I think that that's true for a lot of people where you get so excited by the prospect of working on stuff that you don't think about you as a person and like are you taking downtime? I gotta hustle, I gotta hustle, I gotta hustle. I gotta make more stuff. I gotta push myself and be successful. And I sometimes feel like guilty being like, I just wanna watch a movie. Cause I'm like, could I be doing something more useful with my time? And I just I don't know, it's now a weird internal pressure. Um well not weird, but just especially the I would say the culture. You see people who are really good. Like, I, you know, oh, I look at Jessica Hish or Lauren Hom or someone who, you know, I look up to and I like their design. But then you look and see and they say, oh, when I was younger, I worked 80-hour weeks. And I'm like, if I want to be that good, I have to do all this stuff. And that's not true to a certain extent. But I think there's, a, especially with social media, it's easy to compare yourself to how good other people are and feel like you're inadequate. You, you do have to put in the work, and sometimes putting in the work means putting in the time. Yeah. But that's, it's, it doesn't, 80-hour weeks isn't good yeah. for anybody. No. <laughs> I do not have, I was say, I do not have time for that, but and I'm not, my stamina will just go whoop. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying that, hey, you know, there might not be a time where you're like, there might be a time where, hey, no, you got to put in 80 hours this week. But yeah. if, if you do that on a regular basis, yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how people do it. I know they do. Yep. Good for them, maybe? Yeah. It's just the back of my head saying that, like, if you don't do this, you are a failure. Or, like, if you don't do this, you are not living up to your potential. Like, I've got a really weird voice in there that really thinks 
in, in one aspect, it's good because I think that I can do anything that I put my mind to. Like that in itself is a good thing. But on the flip side of that, it can hurt my self-esteem if I'm not doing those things. And I'm like, well, you could do it, but you're not because you're lazy. Like that's where <laughs> it goes, right? And so like if you cared about this more, you would make more time for it, which is true. Um, I'm trying to get better at it, but it's a quick way to it's, – it's the falling off the wagon thing. It's the same thing with a diet where you do a diet really, really well if you and then you miss a day. You're like, oh, man, like, I'll fix it tomorrow. And then you miss another day. And you're like, well, I suck at dieting. I'm done. Done. You know? Yeah. And then you just binge. And then you have to, like, do it all again. And I feel like I can get that way with work where I get really, really into it. I go really, really hard. I'm doing a great job. Wow, I didn't take a break. I'm taking a break. My break lasted seven months. You oh. know? So. <laughs> all right. Well, well I, I, I'm all in for a seven-month break. But, yes. But either way, <laughs> we're back. Danny, thank you so much for being on the show. It's dannydonovan.com or at Danny Donovan on every, everything but the Pinterest. Everything but Pinterest. Don't go to my Pinterest. <laughs> that's, that's not a Danny Donovan. She didn't yeah. get the name. <laughs> Squatter. Yeah, and then we'll be back in a couple weeks. But thanks, thanks everyone. Thanks for having me. Not a problem, Danny. Um, and, and seriously, best, best in the best in the huge ventures that await. Thank you. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Murray is hosted at thirty six point dot com. Music by Dustlab.